Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey, yeah, yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome into a one-timer edition of Judd's Hockey Show. We are recording this on Friday afternoon. Uh, Zolgad and Declan Goff, Wild played another preseason game last night in Colorado. They lose 6-4, to four. really don't care about the score, not here to focus on the results. But we are here to talk about what we saw because as Dex informed me, the Wild was kind enough to pick up some type of feed out of Colorado. It might have been the scoreboard feed. It, yeah, it was definitely the scoreboard. Feed. It was actually pretty good, yeah, and put bad. that and put that with um, the play-by-play of Joe O'Donnell and commentary of Tom Reed. And so we got a chance, our first chance, to get a look at the Wild. They play three home games next week. Um, and Dex, I'd like to start with two things. The first thing I'd like to start with is. And I didn't see the Saturday game against St. Louis, but I guess Jordan Greenway, who was sick last night, so he didn't play, didn't play well, and the veterans didn't play well. And uh, Dean Everson did not mince words about that. I felt like last night the veterans that we got a look at were solid. No surprise that included, and I'm sure he spearheaded this, Marcus Foligno, who's not gonna, who has no time for your crap. Nope. You're not going to try hard. You're not. You are not going to be in the good graces of the wild captain. I mean, alternate captain. And uh, the second thing is the the play, the continuing ability to score goals of uh, Beckman, who is a winger who entered camp with really no chance to make this team. And I, I don't know if he's going to make it or not, but now he's definitely positioned himself to have a chance to make this team. So off of those two things, where would you like to go? Start with Beckman, man. I think that's the uh, that, that that's the fun and hot button one. And now that Judd also, uh, we have hockey on new rights holders. We have ESPN. We have TNT. I think it's only fitting that because we play NFL Films bed on Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily that we get the right bed here. So we, we'll, we'll, we'll get a little bed like here it. in our one time. This will be a one-timer I sort of like staple. It. I kind of like it, too. Uh, although, Do you like it? I don't mind it. It's, very, it's sort of close, I think, to what ESPN is going to, I'm sure, bring back their old song. But I like that one, too. Yeah, no, uh, I like this. We might get a copyright infringement. We'll figure out on YouTube pretty quickly if uh, oh, this is copyright. Oh, I, I don't want to get us in trouble. But, uh, well, I don't well, want to get it, us in it, trouble. Hey, this is what preseason's all about. Just like that TNT broadcast, <laughs> this is working out the kinks, okay? We're doing the same thing on Judd's Hockey Let's start with Beckman, man. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, last episode, you and I were talking uh, about the prospects, mostly Rossi and Boldy, because those are your top two prospects and the ones that a lot of Wild fans have been uh, talking about for basically the last year and a half or so. Well, we kind of forgot about Adam Beckman, and he's a damn good player. And it looks like he got a good opportunity last night playing on the top line with Joel Eriksson-Eck and Matt Zuccarello. I have another Zuccarello take that I would like to get into later. 
Uh, but Beckman delivers another goal, his third of the preseason. Um, I told you last on the last episode, I think it's more likely he doesn't make this team, goes down to Iowa, plays top-line minutes, tears it up, maybe is able to find a spot. If an injury or something just he earns a promotion naturally when he cracks the wild roster eventually. But, hey, he's making a presence. I mean, you're noticeable in a good way. Boldy and Rossi were the ones we were looking at, and we're still figuring out how they honestly make the team and where they slide in. But all of a sudden, Adam Beckman has positioned himself to potentially make this team, Judd. I mean, no one saw it coming, and he's having a hell of a camp. I like the fact that he is um, not just a goal scorer and not just confident, but he carries himself like he's been around for a while. He doesn't look like he doesn't belong. He looks like he belongs completely, and I think he's got the skill to pull that off so it's not just like an act. And, yeah, I I love the fact, and I'm sure Bill Guerin and Evison are thrilled by this, I love the fact that these that a few of these kids are pushing people. Yep. It is exactly what a franchise that for how long, hey, these spots are all taken, kid. Sorry, no dice. And look, the other thing too, and where, where a kid like Beckman gets empowered, and this is so smart, is when Felino continually says, you know, the previous guys were great, I loved them, and then t- turns around and says, and now we're going to empower the kids. And that's what they're doing. Like, there's nobody who is going to feel like they don't belong, which, which I'm not saying it's all, uh, it's all niceties, and I'm not saying it's all pats on the back, but what it is is it's creating opportunity for guys to thrive. And, Declan, for how long did we lack that with this team? Right. Where, where, where decisions were made and where certain guys ran things and where you didn't speak up because the room operates this way and Koivu is surly, and Suter is suits, and Parisi, you know. But what Marcus Foligno has done a marvelous job of articulating, and I think behind the scenes, I'm sure it's encouraged by Spurgeon as well, and certainly the team, is they are giving a guy like Adam Beckman, when he thrives, the opportunity to feel like this is a great thing. Not like, oh, my God, you might take somebody's job. And and if you feel that way and you're on this team now, I think you're going to get weeded out where previously you sort of thrived. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love the fact that it doesn't feel like guys are just here because, well, we got to fill things out. It feels like guys who are here and, and being productive are actually getting legitimate opportunities. And I will flat out say I did not feel that way about this team for a long time. And, in fact, in fact, if you go back five or six years, didn't it feel like, like some of the established young players at that time were like on the outs. Yeah. They, like, you know, yes. there was a long time. Charlie Coyle it was like, does he really belong here? But I mean, that's the feeling you got. And he did belong. So I love what they're cultivating right now. I also think the wild need these prospects to basically step in and be productive right away because they have to from a cap side. Um, if you can have Beckman, Rossi, Boldy all performing at a high level, young at, at, at younger parts in their career, well, they're going to be cost effective and the wild need that type again need those kind of players from a cap perspective on on their cap with those buyouts starting to linger um to your point about the previous ninos and coils and zuckers uh coming up here yeah it did feel like they were on the outside looking in and i would love for all these guys to make the roster it it, it's kind of wild to me that rossi and boldy and boldy played he had an all right game last night he took a kind of a boneheaded penalty in the first period um but it was Beckman who who showed who showed something, and now all of a sudden he's positioned himself potentially, Judd, to maybe make the roster over one of those two other players ahead of him who we thought were locks to make this roster. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as 
Boldy's play goes last night. I think Dean was not really pleased with his first two periods, but felt like in the third, when the Avs actually came back and played well and won the game, that Boldy played well. And I, I still think Boldy has a really good chance to make this team. Um, I'm still going to contend that Marco Rossi has a good chance. I'm not assuring it. Veteran defensive pairing-wise, one thing I really liked last night, and again, it's a preseason game. I, I get that. A guy like McKinnon didn't play for the Avs. But one thing I liked last night was Dmitry Kulikov and John Merrill, two veteran defensemen. And this team has some work to do as far as replacing defensemen. Those two, I thought, played very solid. Yeah. John Merrill uh, showed preseason, so you know, small sample size, meaningless game. John Merrill, who I believe played for the Canadians last year, and I saw him play, but I didn't really watch him. Sure. He showed some puck handling skill yeah. that I liked. Like he's got some hands. Uh, Kulikov looks like he can be pretty damn steady. So just as far as that third pairing goes, it'll be very interesting to see if Kalen Addison can work his way into that mix. I don't know if he does or not, but I'd like the fact that Merrill and Kulikov look like they are prepared to play. Yeah, I I noticed, and Tom Reed touched on this too, he thought Merrill and Kulikov played pretty dang well. Um, Kalen Addison, I think a lot of us thought when maybe the first one of our first reactions when Suter got bought out was who steps in, and I think right immediately we said, "Oh, Kalen Addison, this will be his turn." You know, he he had a cup of coffee last year, looked solid, um, would be big shoes to fill. And now, I, Judd, I'm, I'm actually thinking I don't think he makes this roster either. Um, I think he's right. also going to go to Iowa and be a top line top top pairing defenseman down there. Um, Marilyn Kulikov, like if that's a good problem to have that two veterans on the back end. Of that, I mean, last year obviously it was Ian Cole, uh, kind of solidifying that as well. And I don't, I would not want Kalen Addison to be playing third pairing minutes and only getting 11, 12 minutes a night. His his ceiling is being a top four kind of guy. Um, so I, I I know a lot of fans like it's very easy to see these players like Beckman and Boldy and Rossi and Addison, and you want all the young players to be to slide in and, and make this roster. Um, right. Unfortunately, it's not really going to work out like that. Uh, so it, I'm fine with that if Kalen Addison doesn't make this team and he goes to, to Iowa and thrives, and that's kind of where I'm at with Beckman, too. Beckman making a more of a presence, and to be honest, this is a conversation with another one, but if you were able to find someone to, to have taken Victor Rask off your hands uh, this summer, and if you that, that meant attaching a draft pick or attaching salary coming back, um, then I would say Beckman's almost a lock to make this team if Rask wasn't here. So two two things. One, as far as the defensive pairings go, I think what you're going to see is between Kulikov, um, Merrill, and Jordy Ben. Yep. There's going to be some combination of 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 two of those guys. Yeah. Third pairing, and you're right; they won't play a ton, but when they play, they'll be veteran guys and solid. The Beckman thing that really intrigues me, Declan, and it's not for 2021-22 necessarily, but where I get really intrigued by Beckman is. He looks like he has natural goal-scoring talent, yeah, which is not easy to come by. Like, not everybody has that. For the most part, everybody's fast now. Uh, but his hands look like they could be special. I don't know that for sure yet. My long-winded point is this, though. I wonder if he's an eventual part of the replacement for Fiala. That's and Because yeah. Kevin's got that. And, and look, I just, the more I watch this play out, I don't know with the salary cap and Unless this team really changes the way it feels about him, I don't know if Kevin has a long-term future here. And I guess my one response would be, okay, if he doesn't, where are you going to get his goals from? And Beckman looks like he's got some goal-scoring touch to him. 
Well, and that's what I told you on Wednesday. I, I think in the long run, this is exactly what they're probably thinking um, and why they didn't extend Kevin Fiala, uh, because they see maybe Beckman and Boldy as two guys who can potentially replace him. Now, I think it, again, humongous calculated gamble to assume natural goal scores that you can just plug and replace, especially young guys. You, you either have that or you don't. Um, and it's and it's and it's such a dangerous assumption to assume that two twenty year old kids, even a guy like Beckman who scored, I mean, what quick math here, almost uh, eighty five goals in in the WHL and had and played pretty dang well also in the AHL in nine games last year too. I think the kid has scoring ability, and, you, and we've obviously seen that uh, in the preseason. To Fiala's point, though, last night that Zuccarello pass against the board, which is a insanely talented pass by Zuccarello, that sets up Fiala. He rips it from the top because he's that kind of goal scorer. That's where it's like, well, if you put Fiala with legitimate playmakers like Matt Zuccarello, who clearly I think is poised to finally be back after that weird arm surgery, and he had an up-and-down first year, and last year I think he was really solid when he came back. It looks like he's going to be the Zuccarello of old from the Rangers. If you put Fiala with someone like that, he's going to deliver. But obviously the contingency plan, I think, deep down, and Garen, even though he's our friend of the show, will never admit this, is these young guys are going to be the ones who probably replace Kevin Fiala down the line. I don't like that, but that is what, probably what they're thinking is. It just seems like it might be an option. I'm not saying it's perfect, and I'm, I can't guarantee it works, but I'm with you. You either have goal-scoring ability or you just are a guy. Uh, okay, on Matt's, I believe he had three assists last night. His passing is elite. He remains, and and... Although uh, Kaprizov didn't play in the game against the Avs on Thursday night, it is uh, crystal clear that if if Eriksson pans out here, which I think he will, mm-hmm. being in between those two, that this could be a fantastic line. And let me throw this Matt's um, idea at, at you as well as far as something that could crystallize and become really, really productive. Um, the Fiala on the power play with those guys. Yes. Uh, because Zucker, I, you know, I mean, Kevin's going. Kevin can find as as we saw, um, open spaces, quiet spaces to go to. Zuccarello's a master at finding guys in th- those spaces. He he is, as we discussed, I, I think it was on the last show we did. He's a pseudo center. Um, so the one place where I think Zuccarello and Fiala and, and Caprisov, and I could go down the whole line, um, where they can be special is I think the power play. There's no reason why the power play, if those three are on it, shouldn't click immediately where. Last season, it took a lot of time. I think the Wild was last or second to last for a good part of the first half of the season yeah. in power play. Yeah, the power play is always interesting. Um, I'm never going to be someone who plays X's and O's and who's on the half wall and who's on the point and who's the big body. Uh, I mean, Ryan Hartman, for God's sake. You know, Judd's Hockey Show, go ahead and play X's and O's. Yeah, uh, I, I don't have the brain to power. I don't have a lot of brain power to do a lot of things on this show, and I'm definitely not going to stoop there. I'm not going to stoop there. Um, Come on, man. But but at the same time, if 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 you can get Fiala going and you and you put the best units out there, that's going to be a damn good thing. I mean, that, that's that's what I want from Fiala every night. I want a playmaker alongside of him because he can't carry a line by himself. You just simply no. can't. Um, no. And and if Zuccarello, who clearly is probably the most naturally not named Kaprizov, uh, the best playmaker on this team. And by the mm-hmm. way, I don't know if you noticed your guy Tommy Reed. Also, I think stole a Judd Zolgat opinion. He said, "Who does Kaprizov remind you of?" Joel Donald asked him. He said, "Patrick Kane." So yeah, uh, I think I think there me. might be a uh, a Judd's Hockey Show you know fan what? there too. Tommy, and Tommy Reed. Tommy is more than welcome. Anytime. He's got a great pub. He's a great guy. He's great a great pub. North Star. Tommy Reed more than welcome to borrow from the Zolgad <laughs> bag of tricks. Uh, uh-uh, yeah. Um, 
so two more things but before we wrap up this uh one-timer judd's hockey show first of all brace yourself declan i, I watched uh, parts of both of the tnt games yeah. last night which i'd like to talk about quickly before we get out here and i watched the entire wild game on youtube the cross-checking crackdown yeah. is going to bring it's going to grind games to a halt for a month or two for sure. Yep. Like we already and, and it feels like there's just an emphasis on calling things across the board, uh, which I think they try and do in preseason games to get guys used to it, but brace yourself for cross-checking for every cross-check to be called for a while. Yeah, and the NHL does this every year, man. I mean, a couple years ago it was face-offs. Uh year before that it was stick infringements you know like it, it they always find something that they're going to put an emphasis on and sports do this all the time too the nfl always changes it up when it, either it's pi or it's holding or or taunting they always will figure out something new to emphasize on um the cross-checking one's interesting just because of all the ones that happened in the postseason last year and that's clearly played a big part into why they're coming down on it um it, it's gonna slow down games though i mean yesterday's it was a preseason I, game and that felt like it was a four-hour affair felt like a college football game yeah oh it's going to slow down games and, and it's going to grind things to a halt and it's going to create more power play goals but i don't like the trade-off of of the parade to the penalty box and here's my biggest problem if you had enforced the rule as it's written in the playoffs we wouldn't be doing this this is true like like it's not like they invented the cross check of oh we got to penalize this the rule's been on the books. Enforce it like it's supposed to be enforced, which means if I take two hands behind you and I go, boom, then I get a penalty. Right. And if I don't, but now the problem is we're going to get every guy that moves the guy, right? Like right. if you move him, it's going to be for at least two months a penalty. All right. Last thing. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts from what you caught. In fact, you just played the theme song and we're probably going to copyright infringement and we'll both be fired. Of course, I'll turn the, uh, I'll point at you. Like uh, TNT's debut National Hockey League. They uh, they showed a doubleheader last night: Bruins and Flyers in Game mm -hmm. One, and then the Kings and Golden Knights in Game Two. Your thoughts? Uh, I caught a period and a half of the Pens and Flyers game. Uh, man, and it. Let me just say, by the way, as an executive producer, there is nothing worse than when technology isn't going your way and you literally have oh, yeah. no control over it. That's not you. Just, you you, I, you just have yeah. no control over it, and it stinks. And I know a lot yep. of people are like, these are professionals and this, this, and that. And I think Kenny yeah. made a comment or Torchup made a comment of, you know, like, oh, grab a screwdriver, gotta go out and help them. And to be honest, that's like, that's just demeaning to those guys. And like, I feel really bad and I, I empathize with yeah. production crew because I know when, when that stuff isn't working, it sucks because you just are so, you feel so helpless. Um, yep. In general, though, I'm excited for this. Uh, you know, ESPN's gonna be doing a show on ESPN2 in the crease, not in the crease, I forget what it is, with Butcher Grass every day at 2 o'clock on ESPN2. Um, so you'll ha hockey will have a front and center look on ESPN. And a lot of people who just you know complain that ESPN never ha talks about hockey, ESPN never talks about hockey, this is a step in our right direction. Um, and I, I'm excited for this partnership. I think it's fun. Um, so I, I liked what I saw. I want to see more. I want to see what ESPN does more than TNT. But in general, um, I thought it was, even without those kinks, I'm just excited for this. It's preseason. Get up, get them out right now. Yeah, so TNT, if I'm not mistaken, is supposed to be the late night. So they, I think ESPN is going to show the earlier games, and TNT on nights that they do it, uh, they're going to have more of a West Coast feel, which obviously at times will involve the Wild as well. I've got some notes from last night. So in particular, 
TNT, which has been known, you know, for its great basketball coverage for years and years and years and has certainly done some baseball on TBS. Uh, First of all, the score box. Bravo. I love it. It's clean. It's easy to read. It has it has information I need without trying to like be like our graphics guy's the best. It's just a simple upper left hand corner. Right. I, I mean, I have been amazed, especially in this sport, how many times that's screwed up. When when versus I think it was started and put it on the yeah. bottom of the screen, oh, yeah. it's like you're covering the puck. <laughs> the whole thing. What are you doing? You people are That's idiots. Right. You're covering the the bleeping puck. This is an easy to read, functional score box. It's not sexy, but it's clean. I love that. Second of all, the announcing teams. Yeah, you know, at first I wasn't too excited that they kept uh, Kenny Albert and Olchek mm. together, and now Keith Jones is in the old Pierre Maguire or Boucher between the benches role there. But I, I'm fine with it now. I like Kenny. Uh, what I really like, though, is I like the fact, and this guy used to be a big part of the ESPN coverage, and I think he's good and he's fun. Darren Pang was on a late night game with, I think it's Brendan Burke, who is the voice of the Islanders, who I think is from northern Minnesota. But uh, Darren Pang, I like a lot. So I, I'm glad he, he's back. He's been doing the blues. He did the Coyotes uh, forever, but he never got involved, I don't think, heavily in what NBC did. So that's a nice addition. Um, third thing, the studio team. It's gonna take some time. Yeah. I like what I like the fact that they're trying to copy the TNT formula, but I don't know if Rick Tockett's the right guy. Anson Carter's solid and Liam McHugh gets Liam. what he's supposed to do. Yep. Yeah, he's he's good, but they're going after a formula that I really like, but you gotta get the right people. Like Barkley's unbelievable. Kenny Smith plays his yes. role, Shaq fit in. Ernie Johnson is the probably the best studio host going. So the thing with that is when it comes to talk it, I'm curious there. And and here's a quick idea, Dex. Here's one guy, because the whole point of that show is to be irreverent, right? Like the whole point of the show is to be fun yep. and have fun. I think I would push the envelope and go after a bar stool guy like Bissonette. Well, no, B- B- Biz is part of the crew. Biz is supposed to be part of of I I would, select games, but but okay, I'm but I would you. have him in the talking space. Yeah, no, B- like, B- yes, yes, he'd be great there. Yeah. Like the more the more Biz, the better. Ray Whitney, right? Yeah, guys like that. Like those are the guys. Like I just don't know. Rick, Rick Tockett was a coach, and he's sort of new now, and that's a lot to bite off uh, unless you're unless you're you know Romo. Yeah, in football. So, yeah, I'm glad to hear. I didn't. Yeah, he's part. He's and TNT. He's part of perfect. these. He's part of the studio analyst. Biznet is. He's a okay. select few because he does um, Coyotes games. He's like their he main. Like Coyote. He does like no. He got booted from the booth. I think he's just like a pre yeah. post game guy now. Yeah, he was an analyst on with, with AZ, but he should be a primary person for TNT. Biznet is is perfect for this. That's Let exactly him who cut they it need. up. And if he gets himself fired, who cares? Yeah, I, I love Biz Nasty. Big fan. The last thing, the last thing they did, this is the only thing that drove me crazy. I don't think Wayne Gretzky is going to be that great. And they did nothing but talk about how Gretzky opening night was going to join them. Uh, I mean, it was like they were talking about Barkley uh, as far as, I mean, Wayne Gretzky is, is the best player, I think, of my lifetime in that sport. <laughs> but if I had to hear one more, well, it's debatable. But my point is, if I had to hear one more time, you know, opening night Gretzky and Gretzky's doing this and Gretzky's going to do that. And don't overhype that Gretzky could be in, I think 
Joe Montana. And Joe Montana was a terrible, yeah. boring analyst. No, I agree. I, I never assumed to. Like Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is not a great Correct. commenter. He's, but, I mean, they you know, talked about it, Dex, all. I mean, every I studio show, they're like, oh, Gretzky, the great one's going to. It's like what he did on the ice ain't going to translate to. And, and I would much I would much rather have former bit players who rip guys and have fun yep. than, than the good of the game. And we want the good of the game. So anyway. Barf. All right. Uh, we'll be back probably, what? Next week. Early next week. Yeah. We, we've got three home games, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Okay. The Wild is do, uh, is playing, I should say, preseason games at, at home. So we'll be back probably early in the week. And I'm my guess is twice during the course of the week. Okay. I like that. All right. Appreciate you watching for my guy. Gabby? For those of you tuned in, very good. The miniature bobblehead. Marion Gabrick. Declan, do your thing. Bash your score.